Okay, so welcome to Nurtured Birth Conversations. Uh, welcome to everyone that's in the room right now. And first of all, I want to express gratitude to, uh, of course, Jana for being here, for all of you for being here, and for Julie, uh, Julie's generosity in uh, giving us this space to use. Um, so just to introduce uh, these talks a little bit, um, I started uh, these uh, monthly talks in the hopes of uh, sharing a little bit more about uh, birth and all the things that's associated with birth that I feel like is often missing from uh, a lot of the birth education classes um, and just in the general culture of today. What I also hope is to have extended conversations that offer a little bit more insight into the context of a lot of the stories surrounding birth um, because quite often we hear a lot of uh, negative stories without fully understanding um, the, yeah, the, the general context of those stories. Um, through these conversations I hope that we can learn from each other um, and also be able to start considering birth as a very powerful rite of passage um, that can really transform and heal us in ways that we never imagined. So without further ado, um, the guest for my today's talk is uh, Jama. So Jama and I met uh, through, uh, actually through a friend that connected us about a creative project a quite, like, quite some time ago, but it was only through WeChat and we never met in person um, but we met each other in person properly um, through a mutual friends event but I would say we got to know each other more deeply through doing uh, the women who run with wolves program with Maria um, and I think really connecting um, through such a powerful feminine platform of really understanding our wild selves uh, allowed for us to be able to I think have a, you know quite deep conversations about um, things and I remember the first time we met one-on-one -on -one, uh, we actually spoke about her birth um, the birth of her two sons actually uh, not usually the type of thing you speak with someone about <laughs> you know the first time you meet one-on-one -on -one. Um, but it was it was, it was a conversation that really stuck with me for uh, a number of reasons. Um, most notably, um, I was really struck by, you know, her candid honesty with me uh, about her, I guess, just with her reflection on the differences between the two births. Um, but also, I was really inspired by her ability to be able to reflect back on the first experience and how to learn from that and choose a very different path for the second. Um, I think that kind of uh, a, you know, consciousness and brave and, and braveness, <laughs> yeah, and bravery, you know, and bravery towards, um, you know, choosing something that you know, reclaiming that power was really inspirational to me. So I really wanted to speak to her today about her experience. Um, yeah, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So uh, thank you for having me and for showing up and having interest in this topic. Um, I'm Jama. I'm uh, born in Mongolia. I'm Mongolian. I grew up in Germany and I am mom of two. My older son is seven and a half, and my little one is one and a half. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to share my story because actually I'm super impressed about Mandy that you have so much passion and you're so devoted to this topic to share and offering this amazing platform to exchange our knowledge and experiences. Yeah. Thank you. So, Let's get right into it. Um, tell us about uh, your first birth. Um, my first birth was like, yeah, seven and a half years ago. Um, yeah. Um, 
the pregnancy was planned. Uh, after four years of relationship, we really wanted to have the baby, and I got pregnant immediately, and everything went fine. So pregnancy was um, super good, and um, yeah, the delivery was on on time. So the night before I gave birth, I already felt some contractions, but not really. So I just took a bath and tried to relax. And it took like a couple of hours. And in the morning when I woke up, I was just walking around and I just felt the water running down my leg. So I immediately knew, okay, now is the time. And I woke up my, my husband and since I didn't have any contractions, we took it very slow. So he called my mom because I invited her to be part of this journey. And uh, he made me some breakfast and everything was super fine. And we took a cab to the hospital, which was in, in Germany, in Munich. And um, yeah, we arrived at the hospital and they checked me up and they said, okay, it's... Um, it's not that far yet, you're open already four centimeters, but it can take a while, you should just walk around in the park, which I did. And I uh, suddenly felt the, the real contractions, which were like anything, but not what, what I expected. So it was super intense. I couldn't like hardly walk back to the room. So. When I finally arrived back in the hospital room, the contractions got stronger and stronger and even worse. And I really thought like, there's something wrong with me. Like I couldn't handle the pain and uh, I started just to fight the pain, which was the worst thing I could do in the moment. So I stopped breathing. I was holding my breath and just fighting the pain. and. I was super exhausted, I was angry, I was aggressive and my mom and my husband, they were with me, they just didn't know what to do. They were so helpless, just watching me crying and screaming and uh, it, was, it was just horrible. And this took like around four hours and in between these contractions I was just breaking down and trying to sleep and not talking. Um, just be on myself um, yeah after four hours they told me okay you're fully dilated now you can push and the pushing contractions I felt I can I can handle better because you're active because you can do something about it right but um, after like two hours of pushing my body just stopped having contractions so there was nothing I could do about it. And the doctor like whispered to the other person and I knew, okay, there's something they don't want to tell me. And then she turned around and I said, okay, we have to get the baby out now. Cause they put like a sensor on the head of the baby to track its heartbeat and everything. And then they were like, okay, we have to, you know, push the baby out now. Cause the heartbeat is like going down. Okay. And you know, I couldn't think of anything and then there were suddenly like two other midwives coming in and uh, they were pushing, like two people pushing from above and the doctor was pulling the baby's head with this suction instrument or the tool? The vacuum. The vacuum tool and that was actually the, the worst part, like it's beyond pain. It was just, I can't even say it. it's pain. It's, it's a force on your body, on your whole existence. It was horrible. So I literally thought I'm, I'm just going to die because I felt like, you know, my senses going down, like my, my eyes were shutting down and my ears, I couldn't hear anything. It was just all black and silence. And then the moment I realized something was when the baby was already out and they took him away to, to wash or to, to clean up. And, and then I just, the first thing I realized was like, okay, I survived, wow. 
but I couldn't feel like I'm happy about the baby. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to touch him. I couldn't feel that connectedness at all. I was just oh my god, it's like this nightmare. So um, yeah, first birth was like a super traumatic experience for me. And uh, yeah, after all, I still wanted a second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That that must have been such a challenging experience to go through. And I remember actually when you first spoke to me about um, this experience, um, we also spoke about a, you know, your mindset um, going into this first birth. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, basically. Um I was looking for a delivery course and then it was fully booked so I was like oh yeah I, uh, it should be fine maybe I just don't need another one because I just trust my intuitions and I will handle myself I don't need extra support but that was just being comfortable and ignorant yeah. and I mean as I said like the intentions were good, like trusting your intuitions and being carefree and relying on your own capacity is one thing, but you should, I think you should know how to, and I didn't know, I wasn't prepared at all, I was just, well, it should be fine. And um, this carelessness just led into what happens. So um, I think, it was kind of stupid to do so because I was not only, you know, taking people with me and putting them in this traumatic experience and situation where they also fear about me, but also the worst thing is like I risked also the life of my unborn child by not knowing what I was going to and where I was going to. And because uh, no one told me um that this is gonna be this painful so when the pain hit me i was just shut down you know and then when when you stop breathing that's the start of the end actually so um i could have avoid that which is my own responsibility and i i just didn't take care of that mm -hmm. i think that was the beginning to start with mm -hmm. if you take good care of yourself and you know just being mindful about your decisions because it's so easy to say oh, I trust my intuitions and it's gonna be all fine mm -hmm. right <laughs> that makes me think about um, you know when you know we were doing the wolf group class together and the, how we spoke about like not taking action is also a decision yeah. Right? Like, you know, there's a decision to wait, there's a decision to, to actually do something, but then not doing something is also a, a decision. Mm. Yeah. Um, I um, want to go back a little bit to, you know, you said that when the contraction started and that was not like what you expected. What did you expect? What, what were your expectations? Mm. I expected it to be painful, but not this painful. I thought like I can, I can handle because there was one thing I did. I, I watched like a couple of YouTube videos, you know, and then I always started to watch the beginning and then it was kind of boring and then it just fast forward to the end. So I always miss that part when, you know, when the people get the epidural or when they get medicated. And then at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, they, they, they don't seem like to be so much in pain. So I think I can handle that, too. <laughs> so having these misassumptions in my head and should be all good. Mm -hmm. And if other people can do it, then why I couldn't do it? So mm -hmm. having this mindset of pain but it's manageable mm. Mm. but I didn't even know how to manage pain mm. Mm. I was like going the right direction but not going to the fullest and really understand that this pain is like a bitch <laughs> <laughs> seriously 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And you spoke about, um, you know, feeling responsible for your mom and your husband being in the space and them not knowing what they're doing, like not not knowing how to respond and being a bit helpless with your situation. Um, what was the preparation like for them? Do you know? Um, not so much, because I mean, my mom, she already had three kids and she I think she was just relying on me because usually I always take care of myself, mm. right? And she was like, okay, you know best what you want. Mm. And also the same for my husband. Mm. He was also really trusting me and he thought I, I know best what what's good for me. And um, I think that was the worst part when they realized that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And when they saw me in this pain and being so helpless. Um, and they were crying, you know, they were just with me. And cr both of them were crying because they were so desperate and not knowing what mm -hmm. to do about mm -hmm. it. Because in this situation, I was so like aggressive. They weren't not allowed to touch me mm. or get into my zone I was like furious mm. so um, I think that was the, the situation when they got really scared mm. yeah mm. yeah totally um, did you ever speak to them about how they felt um, like for that experience yeah mm. my mom actually said afterwards she never ever want to join birth again because it was so traumatic <laughs> for mm. her mm. Um, she joined the birth of my sister like mm. a few years before mm. but that was completely a different story because mm. my sister was able to you know connect with herself and she's a strong woman and she was like handling everything mm -hmm. so my mom was like oh I can do that again if you're about the same you're my daughter so mm. you must be the same right mm. <laughs> But it wasn't, so um, I feel guilty, like, to make them or made them experience mm. this situation, actually. Mm. So, after, oh, actually, so before I continue on to my next question, I do actually have one more question to ask about this experience itself. And um, that was a, you know, how did it make you feel when you know, you had to have the baby, you know, I guess, uh, delivered, you know, with the, the assistance of uh, the doctors and, and the, the midwives and the nurses, the, 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 or your birth team. Like, how did it feel to have, um, you know, the hands on your belly pushing, like beyond the physical, like sensations, like how did that make you feel emotionally? Mm. I think totally helpless, because mm -hmm. I realized if I would have been like yeah, in the steps or in, uh, in the wild nature, and there was no one like with a special tool or uh, the knowledge of how to push, Maybe I would just just die, or the baby would have died, or anything bad would have happened, I guess. And I felt like a bit unworthy mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to take care of myself. I wish I was able to connect with myself and to be really responsible for my own actions, mm -hmm. but yeah I felt a bit handicapped mm. like I knew I had the sources but then not using them is like a bit like you have arms but you can't move them right mm. so that was that kind of feeling mm. I had yeah and I think in our last conversation you also mentioned that it you felt a bit violated too right yeah there was like the force you know this mm. is like like rape you're just watching them hurting you this much and that's like I think that was the moment when my body just shut down because mm. it was too much to handle this kind of pain is like unhuman so 
you better just shut down and mm. not realize any of it. Mm. That mm. must have been so challenging to go through. Yeah. So let's talk about the decision to have a second. Um, I mean, given that like the circumstances of the, the first birth, I mean, I was really surprised at, you know, when you told me that, oh, I, I really wanted to, to have another baby. What do you think prompted that desire? Mm, I think also the desire to have like a sibling mm. for, uh, for Nimun, my first one. And we just love kids, mm. and it's such a beautiful experience. And uh, another family member was just there was enough space, so we really wanted it. And also as a challenge for myself, I guess, to prove myself, um, maybe I could have another baby, but then, like mm. the the way I wanted it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So tell us about your second birth. Um, the second birth was like, yeah, 2019 and actually I was always kind of doubting whether I wanted a natural birth again or a C-section or an epidural so that these two other options were also in my head and uh, during my researches while I was pregnant I uh, discovered hypnobirthing and um, when I was reading all about hypnobirthing I, it just made so much sense and I also much more realized that I didn't use the sources I was supposed to use and that it was my own responsibility to take care of myself so, um, second birth, I was super prepared. I knew what I was going through. And um, it went super fast. It just only took two hours. And it also started with the breaking of the water. We went to the hospital and I still didn't have real contractions. And the contractions came like two hours later. So when the contractions started, they come like really strong, but I could handle it because I was like breathing constantly. I was like taking care only of this breathing and just stay focused for like an hour. And when I w wanted to change like position from this ball, I realized I can't really stand or walk anymore, which was a sign that the head was already out of the channel so they told me okay you're fully dilated you can now push and it took me like 40 minutes of pushing and um, baby was out so I mean the contractions were super strong and also super intense but this time when the contraction came I could really be in charge of it I could handle it I was I was riding the wave like before you know the wave just came and I was all over the place I was like crying and screaming whatever and this time I was like okay I got you you know I'm, I'm here I'm I can handle this and uh, while feeling that I can handle this I got more confident so when you have this confidence, you feel so much stronger and you, you can tell yourself, okay, I can do this, mm. I can handle this. Remember last time when mm. the contractions came, I was crying and screaming. But there were still some moments where, you know, you, you lose your focus and you, you, you want to scream around and stuff. But my husband, he was prepared as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was always like, okay, Jama, keep breathing, keep breathing, you remember? So he always like pulled me back on my track and where I was like, stay focused and keep breathing. So that was um, wonderful. And he also took care of the whole situation, like 
the lights were good and um, the whole atmosphere that it was not too crowded and so that was his responsibility to be in charge that everything was super fine and the way I wanted it to be. Mm. Yeah. Did you have anyone else other than your husband that was a part of your birthing that was outside of the uh, like hospital? No. Okay. I wasn't. Uh, since we were in Shanghai, all my close family members were all in Germany, okay. so that wasn't an option. Okay. Did you have a doula? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. And um, so it sounds like the first experience and the second experience kind of mirrored each other quite a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. from you know both. Uh, you know, both uh, labors starting with the, the breaking of the waters and, you know, did that at any point kind of trigger any fears that it was going to be the same experience as the first time? Mm, not so much. Because, um, I mean, I was scared a bit, but um, I felt comforted since I was like super prepared I mean I wasn't sure if I, if it was enough or not but I just felt so much better and um, I was also like doing some yoga and reading and talking a lot with people around about the birth mm -hmm. so um, it didn't really matter if it was like an assisted or unassisted hospital mm -hmm. birth or mm. yeah how did it um, how did people respond when you uh, told them the first story um, and your intentions for the second mm. actually people were very surprised mm -hmm. that uh, even I had this traumatic experience that I'm still willing to go the same path mm. but they I think that was just not really understanding that I understood the concept mm. like I was totally aware of um, that I'm empowered mm. after doing a little bit of research and understanding the story behind whereas the um, the first birth was like I don't know what I was thinking sometimes and I wonder taking like my husband and my mom into this experience was like maybe oh they're going to take away the pain or they're going to support me mm -hmm. but you are just by yourself because no one can take away the pain mm. only you can handle the pain mm. and um, yeah it's, it's really about understanding that a natural birth is nothing unnatural mm. you know a natural it, it sounds weird because when you tell people that you had like a natural birth and unmedicated they're like oh that's actually quite seldom or that's a rare mm. thing yeah and I'm like before I would have think maybe the same but mm. now I'm like actually that is the normal thing mm. you know which yeah I like what you said about like, you know, you're kind of in that experience yourself, but I do want to note that it's, you know, even though your, 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 your birth team or your birth partner, even though they can't take that away from you, they can learn to hold space for you, right? Like, you know, Stefan was able to kind of bring you back into that experience, even though you had to go through it yourself. Mm but he was there to hold space for you, yeah. for you to have that room to do that or to remind you or to guide you to go back yeah. to doing that. Yeah. yeah, that was so helpful because it's so easy to lose the track mm. and get distracted and uh, just pity yourself and start to scream. And, and when you have someone who's like supervising you all the time and remembering you, what you're actually for mm. at this moment that's um, super super valuable mm. did you ever speak to your husband about what the experience was like for him the second time like how did he feel about it like how he felt about it yeah he he once told me he was um, super happy because he could see 
that I am in charge. And he felt super proud of seeing me being in charge and taking it. And um, he, he told me, you're so beautiful when, when you are so powerful and you can handle the situation. I think he was just really proud and mm. happy to see mm. like it can be so different than mm. the first time when mm. I was just the worst version of myself. <laughs> How, um, what kind of preparation did you do? I, yeah, can you walk us through the preparation you did for the second birth? Uh, nothing crazy, like I, I read one hypnobirthing book I was like reading or listening to random podcasts about uh, hypnobirthing and um, I regularly did some yoga just to stretch and open up that's it mm. what kind of uh, what about hypnobirthing did you really like did you gravitate towards because for me personally I also did hypnobirthing but I I couldn't do all the long meditations like I would always either fall asleep or I would just like really like I just couldn't concentrate yeah you know but I did take a lot away from reading about it and learning about the concept behind it so I'm curious for you, like about your experience with it like what did you gravitate towards mostly about him everything mm. Oh, I didn't do the meditation as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I did was just the breathing part. And besides that, I think it was super empowering to read about the history of giving birth and uh, the knowledge we have and how women were treated to really understanding the holistic concept. And that was uh, had a huge impact on my own um, self-awareness and uh, yeah I think um, understanding the concept is almost like has the same value as the breathing part mm. yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about that like um, there was this one thing that struck me a lot which was um, I think it was back in the 50s or 30s back in uh, the United States when women were supposed to give birth then they were tied up to the bed so the legs and the arms were tied up like a crazy animal and then they were supposed to give birth mm. that's how they handled birth like you know it's like something completely unnatural and medicated and so if you give birth, you have to go to the hospital and you got like tied up and medicated and there was all this natural thing about giving birth was completely lost. Mm. And when you read all of this, you kind of realize like, yeah, it's somehow still like this sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and you tell people uh, you're giving unmedicated natural birth and you're like, oh my God, you can't do that, you can't do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You should go to the hospital and you should be medicated because you can't handle this on your own. So there's like a <coughs> wrong misunderstanding of the natural birth. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, that resonates so much because it, it, it's... There are so many like pieces to that too, you know, understanding why the culture is the way that it is today versus, you know, what our like what we're able to actually do. Yeah. Right. So let's go into um, how did it make you feel, you know, to know that um your able to kind of turn your story around and, and be able to give birth the way that you wanted to. Yeah. It was uh, a super beautiful experience and like a fulfillment also mm -hmm. to really understand, okay, it was my own responsibility and I can take care of it by myself and people can help me and support me but the actual work I, I can handle myself mm. and it's so empowering 
to know that you're not depending on a medication mm. or on a doctor and if you are able to connect with yourself then part of the work is already done mm. and that was also the thing which I had with my first birth that there were so many people that my husband was there my mom and the doctor and the midwife and I didn't feel the, the space to connect with myself only like a few minutes on the toilet when the contractions hit me again I was like undisturbed and then I thought like I had the feeling I could handle the contractions better at that moment but then you just don't realize why mm -hmm. and then you go out and then you're back mm -hmm. to this room situation again mm -hmm. and then you lose it mm -hmm. so I think if you really are able to connect with yourself and your intuitions then it could also work out mm. really well mm. yeah 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 um <clears throat> how uh, did it feel with because uh, you mentioned with the first birth with the moon that like you know immediately after he came out that it was like you were just kind of in this stunned state and you felt like oh you like your first thought was I survived right what at that moment of the you know um that at that point in the labor uh, or in the delivery of um of Ujim how did it feel for you at that moment like when when he came out like what was what were the feelings that mm. what were your thoughts oh completely different i was able to hold him immediately i was like overwhelmed by happiness and and and, and i was super happy like i was so so proud mm. that he he came out and i did it myself and my husband was there and this joyful moment was mm. overwhelming mm. And with, with Nimun, I wasn't able, uh, everything was just taken mm. and uh, there was no energy or power to be happy about because mm. you're just on survival mode, right? Mm. Mm, totally. Yeah. How long did it take for you to feel a little bit more like yourself after Nimun's birth? Hmm. Not that long, actually. Maybe a couple of hours. Okay. But um, not to the like emotionally, mm. but physically, it took like a mm. couple of days. What about emotionally? Um, emotionally, like the the trauma was like very long time, yeah. but this emotional connectedness to the baby came mm. actually mm. a few minutes later, maybe mm. like half an hour or something, mm. where I could feel like the mm. love and the happiness mm -hmm. and the joyful moment. Mm -hmm. For the emotional part, um, can you tell us a little bit more about the steps you took to heal from that? Hmm. Not so much. Mm. I I wasn't even like considering that it can heal mm. like with from with the given something from the outside. Mm. Um, I thought it, it's just going to heal by itself mm -hmm. and over time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do like anything special about it mm -hmm. except talking to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about it now? Mm, sometimes a bit guilty. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't want to be so hard on myself because mm -hmm. sometimes you just make mistakes, right? Yeah. And if you can can learn from them mm. and make up in a way, then it's fine, I think. But sometimes I still like it gives me like a cold shivering mm. when I think about, oh my god baby could have died actually or that was kind of risky and stupid to be so unprepared and not 
taking care of it, mm. like being so careless. Yeah. And at the same time, I also <laughs> pity myself, like, mm. oh gosh, this, this force, you know, when this pushing part, mm. I still can't believe that I went through this. Mm. I'm like, okay, I wonder if I ever can go through this again. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it's a it's a mixed feeling. It's a mixed feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it it's something that is so deep as well, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, you know, you what were the lessons you feel like you learned from both of your births? Because I remember when we kind of briefly well when we spoke about it you know there were a couple of things that kind of came up that I felt like was really inspiring and so I want to talk a little bit about you know what you learned from now having had two very contrasting experiences hmm. um, I, I've learned that actually from both births it's just super important to to know where you're going to and not having good intentions but then not being mindful I think that was uh, a big learning and also like having this awareness I think being conscious and being aware is so essential of being a woman and giving birth and if you're pregnant and if you have like a bit mindful attitude then you already take so much care of not only yourself but also of your unborn child and also about this power of if you can handle things by yourself it's just yeah you're so independent and um, empowered to do anything it's not only limited to the birth situation so it also gives me like a certain self-esteem to track other issues mm. in life mm. do you have any examples of that mm. yeah um, maybe starting my own business Mm -hmm. which came um, right after Nimun, like two years later. Mm -hmm. um, that was always something I wanted to start but never dared to do. And I felt like if I can go through this and I will survive this and I know how to mm -hmm. do it better, um, I can handle other things as well. Mm -hmm. And I can even start my own business. and. Mm -hmm starting to do things and even if you fail then I'm able to learn from this mm. so you have more courage mm. to do things you didn't dare to do mm. I want to acknowledge your strength in like recognizing and, and moving forward from you know this place of, of you know this place of you know feeling like there was so much trauma but then moving forward with like steps to regain your confidence I want to acknowledge that because I feel like you know everyone responds to to these kind of situations very differently um, but I think that you know there's so much bravery and strength in you know recognizing in that moment that you know oh, I have experienced this, but I am going to learn from it. And, and you know, I just want to just take a moment to acknowledge that because it's, it's something that is very difficult to do, of course, um, but very worthwhile to do. Um, did you experience um, any challenges in that process of, like, recognizing that, okay, I'm going to use that experience that I had that was so negative and 
I'm going to try and make something of that, you know? Were there any challenges associated with that for yourself? Mm. Yeah, sometimes you start to doubt. Because mm -hmm. it's so, like, a, uh, such a drastic change. And even, it, it sounded also beautiful, right? Because, mm. oh, yeah, I'm still going to do it. And mm. it's still natural and unmedicated. And sometimes I still have that doubt and thinking like maybe I'm crazy. Like how could you, after all I've been through, still wanting this? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it, it's overwhelming sometimes when you have these moments when you question yourself and everyone does that in a certain moment, right? Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, at these moments, these, these are just moments and then you're like, oh no, this is rubbish, I know what I want mm. and you can convince yourself back. Mm. But other than these small doubts, I didn't have like mm. issues. No. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I, I think that like, it's really interesting that you, you talk about that because I feel like that desire to have a like natural birth the first time and then that persisting the second time, even though you had a negative experience, you know, where do you think that desire to like do it the, the natural way? I, I say that with inverted you know, commas, you know, like, yeah, like how, like, where do you think that desire to, to, to birth naturally comes from? Hmm. It's maybe a personal personality thing, mm -hmm. like being very determined to one thing mm. and the other thing is maybe mm, seeing other women's stories that it actually worked out and they even had like an orgasmic hypnobirthing mm. so that was like oh <laughs> there must be something about it mm. and I never stopped believing in these mm. stories mm. And that triggered me to hear all these beautiful stories, mm. how beautiful a birth can be. Mm. So that gave me always this uh, inspiration to mm. go for it and mm. to chasing, like I want that part mm. as well mm. for myself. Mm. Nice. Okay, so I guess for me, um, I only have one question left and then I'll open, up, open it up to everybody else that's in the room. Um, my last question for you is if you could share one thing about birth to your children what would it be? Mm. It's a magical magical experience mm -hmm. I would say in so many ways mm -hmm. and uh, I hope they can uh, experience birth for their own children mm. and in the same beautiful way. Mm. Uh, mm. Cool. Thank you. Uh, does anyone else have any questions? Uh, I have a question. Um, first of all, thank you, Mandy, again for uh, this space and these conversations. Um, so I'm from Belgium, and so your story resonates a lot with what I hear from my friends back home who um, are gave birth or messes who want to give birth um, and so I hear the same things they were never told about the pain they were never told about the tear they, and it blows my mind um, and so I was wondering because when I hear you speak I'm like I need to send this to my sister I need to send this to my sister I need to, and a part of me is like yes but she won't listen and so I was, I'm wondering like if you had someone that in the moon before you were pregnant with him come to you and try to tell you like, hey, like maybe read this hypnobirth book or like try to listen to this podcast, would you have, would you be, would you, would you have been open to this, uh, you think, with your first child? I think at that state, I would, probably wouldn't have. I would be like so light-minded or like, yeah, whatever, I can handle myself. Okay. And that's the part, what I said, I was just being so ignorant, you know, <coughs> and not mindful at all yeah. and just doing the halfway it should be all right 
because it's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine that people are like, oh. Yeah. But maybe yeah. listening to your story can be inspiring because when you talk, yeah, I wonder about your like strength to go over all this. But I don't think it's fair to put everything on your back mm. because it's not only being ignorant. You think, oh, I was born, I'm gonna give birth. This is a natural process. Mm. The problem is that the system is so yes. wrong. Yes. Yeah. yes, and we are not aware of that yes. because we are so like. Yes. Um, led to believe science and that the medical system is doing the best for us. Like when we are sick, they save our lives. So, um, I mean, it's not fair to put everything. I mean, it's good that you, you went to that place mm. where you didn't felt only as a victim and then you could do something about your next experience. Mm. I think it's amazing. Mm. But I think it's also important that we, I don't know, that we, we put in the word like, uh, you were a victim, you know, mm. I mean, it was violence what they've done to you. Mm. And that's not fault because you, you didn't have the right information because your doctor was supposed to be the one who gave you the information, but they didn't. Yes. So, I mean, it's amazing what you've done with the experience and I, I can take a lot from that. Mm. But at the same time, I don't think we can uh, pretend it's okay to be the way it is. I mean, yes. it's the way it is. We need to accept and tell people of that. Mm. But at the same time, that was violence, and this this is their responsibility. You cannot take everything by your like weakness of not knowing how to deal with that, mm. because this is a really vulnerable place. Mm. A woman giving birth, you know. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes it's wonderful when you can do everything by yourself and good that it took this this way mm. at the same time sometimes it's really hard you mm. need support you know yeah thank you for bringing that up because you know i i think that you you, you brought up a really good point which is you know i think that intrinsically we have a certain trust in ourselves you know that's not ignorance that's just like why shouldn't you trust yourself mm right like why shouldn't you mm. and I think that like like you said you know the issue is that you know sometimes we take other things for granted like um, the medical system for example and not understanding the context of that like like you said when you did read more about hypnobirthing and learning about the history of of the modern medic like the modern birthing system is today you you know, you can see kind of where the discrepancies are, mm. right? And that moment that you <coughs> went into the bathroom where you were by yourself, yeah. where you felt like you were safe and where you felt like you were protected, that was what you were looking for. Mm. Yeah. You know? Maybe you even didn't know that you didn't need that much information if they weren't like making things wrong towards yeah. you. Mm. you know? If you just have had a safe space with no information maybe you, you could do this naturally yeah. yes. yeah. so you were like playing against you yeah. more or less you know mm. that I, I understand the ignorant part because we need to be aware of that mm. but at the same time it's really hard yeah. to have been fighting mm. against people who were supposed to like help, help you, you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. so true mm. so I just wanted to thank you Dhamma for sharing for me, it was personally very important to hear because recently I heard a testimonial of a woman who had an incredible, natural, unmedicated birth, but she didn't prepare herself. She had her mother who had bad experiences, so she was actually a bit afraid of looking into the books and all of that. So she was like, I don't want to overthink things. And she didn't prepare herself and she had a good experience. Mm. So I heard that and I was like, okay, because I am mental and very intellectual, I might also prepare myself and overthink things. But then hearing that really reminded me how important it is to prepare ourselves with actual tools and not just, you know, uh, abstract, abstract uh, feelings of, yeah. you know, I can trust myself and if it is the first time, right? If, if you don't have the proper, um, yeah, s well, skills and knowledge, 
around yeah. it because it's still a very physical experience. Right. So it's not just preparing her. Maybe this woman prepared herself a lot emotionally, and she was lucky that things went well physically. Right. Um, so for me, I just want to say really thank you for that, because then I can put two experiences into perspective and find the middle you know, way. My way, yeah. my middle way. Yes. And I have a question about the system in Germany and here in China. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the difference? Like between the, I mean, the provide the care providers and the environment was it different? Maybe? Mm -hmm. I think facility wise, it's the same. But uh, I felt uh, here in China, uh, I was more supervised, and they were the midwife was constantly with me and taking care of me. So I felt more safe and that there was someone. And in Germany, the, the midwife came in like three times during the whole birth, just checking on me and not like seeing what is she doing wrong or right and how can I support her in a positive way. It was just checking and then going away, checking and going away. So I felt like a bit mm -hmm. lost. Did you have a birth plan? Write a birth plan there or here? Here. There wasn't even a birth plan in, in Germany. Mm. Do you, were you, oh, sorry, were you going through a public system there? Because I want to just put that into context a little bit because the experience that you had in Shanghai was through a private hospital system, mm. right? Mm. In Germany, did you was that a private system or was that a public? Public. Public. Okay, right. In Germany, when you said that you went to the park and the contractions became stronger and you weren't even expecting that kind of, you know, level, um, was medication ever an option? Uh, no, because I, I, I was so scared of this epidural thing going into your spine. I was too scared for that and the risks involved also. And can you tell me a little bit about a birth plan here in China? If you had discussed with your doctor or if it was something you wrote by yourself? Yeah, I discussed with my doctor. And actually the plan was to have a water birth. Uh, but that was just too quick for that. Mm -hmm. Before they could even set up the, the pool and everything, mm -hmm. it was already like dilated mm -hmm. and I had to push. So I missed that part. <laughs> But did you put any notes about not wanting them to push your baby or anything? Or no, I, I just described how I wanted the environment and that I wanted to be quiet and less people, like I think just regular, nothing mm -hmm. like super special or specific. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, well, I don't know if it's like a bit out topic or a bit out there, the question, but I heard that from the conception, from the baby in the belly, and then the birth, and the first moment, um, it really shapes a child or a, a human. Do you feel that that shaped your children somehow? Mm -hmm. Do you see differences in their behavior, their unconscious behavior? Not that I can tell. It's just they're different because they have different personalities, but I can't really track that back to that moment because I couldn't you know take Nimun in my arms right after his birth I wish I could I mean that would have been a beautiful memory but uh, unfortunately mm. it couldn't happen mm. yeah and also one thing I don't trust what they say about the size of the baby because mm -hmm. it never I mean with Ojim it was close to but with Nimun they told me oh it's gonna be a tiny baby it's, the size is maximum 2.8 kg so I was trusting this mm -hmm. information right and when he came out he was 4 kilo <laughs> <laughs> so how can you have this big of a gap in between right it's like the, the the i think the rate is 20 to 30 percent like the range it could be 20 to 30 percent more or less oh okay <laughs> yeah. I, I think it doesn't help you to know that no <laughs> no 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 but i mean like i think it's like again it's the context right and understanding the system and i think like you know when we talk about like preparing yourself yeah. i think a lot of the educational materials today, even today, like, 
I don't think it quite prepares you in the right way. You know, like most of the time, like the assumption is, okay, I go to the hospital because I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to be safe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then understanding like, okay, so what is the context of the hospital system in giving birth in the first place? Like understanding that, understanding the context of, okay, so why are routine procedures done? Like, what is the reason behind that? Why was that introduced? Because when you understand from that perspective, like like you said, like the woman was strapped, you know, so maybe that's why they needed to be medicated, you know, like, you know, understanding the context of that, mm. I think it just informs you to make decisions very differently because you're not just understanding it from, okay, this is the standard procedure this is what we're going to go with but understanding it from a perspective of this is why things are done these are your options and it's up to you right and i think a lot of the times when people do have negative experiences it's because they feel like they weren't able to make decisions they weren't able to to they weren't able to speak up they weren't able to yeah, understand the context of, of why things were happening. And not saying that true medical emergencies, like, you know, they don't happen and they do. And in that situation, all of these things are, are, are great and they're there for that. Um, but yeah. And another thing which uh, really intriguing me is um, after Nimun's birth, which was traumatic, when I hear like other women talking, oh, my birth was not so bad actually. The pain level was like, okay, it's nothing pretty, but I could handle. I was always like, yeah, but she has maybe just a, another pain level. Mm. You know, just reducing it to that and not mm. like overthinking like, oh, maybe you could have that too. Mm just you know blaming it oh it's just just the tolerance is different mm. Mm. and after orgym i really understand no it's not just a pain tolerance thing mm. it's really about your mindset if you are you know prepare yourself well mm. enough and if you know about what's coming then you can handle things mm. in a whole different manner mm. how was that shift for you when from going like it's just a different pain level to like no ways I can actually take this both like when was that shift like was it with your second birth yeah okay. after the second birth I yeah yeah after the second birth because then I could feel okay pain tolerance was completely mm. different so it's not about tolerating pain it's about dealing with it mm. having the tools to be able to deal with it yeah and physically, because you mentioned that in practice yoga in the second time and you were like having more information, do you know anything about uh, the position of the baby the first time, if it, if it uh, made your labor, like your, the last part of the labor taking long or... Yeah. Because sometimes it happens, I mean, there, I've heard that there are, there are different levels of pain depending if the baby is there to bore, to be born or if the baby needs to go in the right direction. Yeah, and turn labor. and yeah. things mm. like that, yeah. Mm, they um, didn't check on me, like, the position. They were just checking the heart rates. Mm. But they um, found out that the cord was around the neck. So maybe it was already such a big baby and then the cord around the neck which made everything more difficult. And on top, a mom who's like yeah. shutting down. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. And with your second, it was easier. He was smaller? Yeah, or? no, he was even bigger. He was 4.2. 40 minutes pushing, right? Yeah. And I mean, I even watched like my diet a few weeks before I gave birth, I was like trying to hold my appetite and eating just only certain foods and not like too much sugar and stuff. 
but it didn't have any influence. It just grew out of space. So it denies the idea that you only can have a good labor and deliver with a small baby. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I had a good experience. Yeah. 4.2 4.2 can go easy too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, okay, I, I had one more question, then I lost my train of thought. Um, anyway, okay. So let's, uh, let's wrap up, I guess. Um, thank you so much for being so open and yeah, so generous with sharing your experience. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, we forgot to ask.